gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the midwest monsters podcast i'm one of your hosts grizzly abner and i'm joined by professor wagzap venomous Vinny, hot toddy good to be with you here again folks we are just eating everything we can get our hands on up here in muncie <laughs> indiana looking for every excuse not to record but we're gonna get into it tonight so we uh we've gone with another uh i guess you could call it a franchise maybe a trilogy but not really a trilogy if you count the japanese versions we're going to talk about the Ring movies. Ring, Ring 2, and Rings. Uh, some people may have some bonus content about uh, Ringu. Uh, was there a Ringu 2? There's, there's, I was going to say, there's Three several, films. and then a spin-off, then, like yeah, the, the Versus movie with The Grudge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say there's like eight things in Japan for it. Ringu 2, Lil Dead Girl Boogaloo. <laughs> Well, because there's a book series, and I think I'm leaving. I think some of the my last episode. Yeah. I think some of the other films might have been called some of the other books. Oh, like Sudoku. Oh, you read books now. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's uh, let's start with The Ring. Todd, good place to start. Uh, the Ring, 2002, directed by Gore Ver- Verbinski, uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, written by Aaron Kruger and based on the book from, I'm not even going to say his name, it was Japanese. And uh, also the Ringu screenplay. Um, cast includes Naomi Watts as Rachel, Martin Henderson, David Dorfman, Brian Cox, Amber Tamlin, uh, Davi Chase, who was uh, Samara, and uh, Adam Brody. I guess as a little cameo, or I'm not mm. sure if he was famous yet when that movie came out. But. Who the hell is Adam Brody? What? Haven't you ever seen The O.C.? Welcome <laughs> to The O.C., bitch. <laughs> about, about such hits as Jennifer's Body. <laughs> oh, uh, and, uh, dear. Also, I like uh, the name Amber Tamblyn. It's just a fun name to say. It sure is. Amber Tamblyn. Uh, Rick Baker on uh, Makeup Effects. Okay. Really? Sorry, I got tickled. <laughs> Didn't know that. Tickled pink. Oh, you have upset Vinny. <laughs> No, I, I didn't didn't know that. It just doesn't doesn't seem like that'd be a project you need to call Rick Baker in for. To be honest with you, eh, I don't know. The faces would be about it. I think. I think he created her look, but uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think they really sold his name in this film series. This is the era of CGI, so they weren't praising it. Like, guess who did the makeup effects? Yeah, I was more surprised that somebody did the makeup effects and it wasn't CGI. So. All right, so this was probably my second viewing. The first time I had seen it, it was pretty unfortunate because I had seen it a few years after it came out. So, like, all the anything about it had been spoiled for me. Uh, you know what I mean? It had been mocked, it had been parodied, it had been put in scary movie. You know what I mean? Like, so by the time I got around to watching it, I was like, okay and the big deal is and so it didn't do much for me the first time around second time around i recognize that it's a decent film um so i mean i'm not gonna badmouth it but that's just kind of my experience coming into it yeah i this along with blair witch stand stare at 
stand out from around the same period um, where I had a really great experience opening weekend of going to see it. And so I can remember um, going to watch this with a couple of guys and being legit affected by it. Even joking on the ride out um, about how damn scary it was. And it was one of those things where I think since then age, both myself getting older and, and knowing what the movie possesses, it's not as effective as that experience was that first weekend. I mean, it's already dated by some of the things that we'll go into with. That was with one of my first their, notes is how it's already so dated. Right. And I mean, at its core, you could reboot this and update the technology and it not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not crippling to the film, but it's just a different experience watching this <clears throat> nearly 20 years later. But Nothing can be taken away from that first weekend. This was scary, and people went apeshit in the theater. Oh, yeah. Well, I I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it. It was shortly after it had come out on video because everybody was talking about it. And also, if we put ourselves in the context of the time period, there wasn't a whole lot as far as horror goes around that time. Yeah, I mean, th- this was at the end of the if you want to call it a horror revival with where you had your uh, screams your I know what you did last summer. It was like towards the tail. End. It, that this gave a fresh breath to that getting stale. All, all that was out was slasher films because of screaming. So um, watching it again, I'm, I've still kind of have the same opinion of it as I did when I watched it the first time. Good enough, but there's a reason I haven't watched it any more in the last 17 years than I have just the one time. It's not a bad film at all. It's good. I just, not enough to grab you. It's not, nothing that really was so groundbreaking to me. We're stumbling over our words because we were giggling at the beginning. That's why it's happening. <laughs> Brown-breaking. <laughs> Brown-breaking, guys. Um, I, I saw this uh, opening weekend. I, I'm similar. I think uh, it was just a great, movie going experience because it was everybody in the theater was scared as uh willem dafoe here uh so uh and it, it i think it was up until the it movies like the highest grossing horror movie so it was like you know regard whether you liked it or not everybody talked about this movie and i think this did ring kick off the j-horror yeah, stuff the success of this i think that's what i really liked about it is um not that I don't like the slasher movies, but there was definitely a huge revival because of Scream going on. Uh, I think the ring, though, was just so different that uh, just just it didn't feel like what we had exhausted for the last twenty yeah, years. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it was, and even still, this isn't really a style that's been copied a shitload. No, um, so it definitely gave you something new as far as horror went, it because gave... American horror had gotten quite stale. Yeah. It, it... Well, the 90s sputtered as it was from the 80s. Yes. And we were just at the yes. last gasp to the point where something like Blair Witch floored people where he just went out with a handheld camera and created some mystique around it. And so with this, you had something that was made that was intelligent and built on suspense and it wasn't sleazy. And it was or a studio film, so it had a budget behind it. Right. And so it was just really a shot in the arm, especially for genre fans, because – it had been a while since they'd been given something respectful like also, this. Also, I think uh, I think it stood out too because there's 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 like no humor. It's it's heavier in tone. It is. It's PG thirteen, which I love to bring up because uh, you know people gripe about the PG thirteen horror. Um, 
if a movie doesn't necessarily need a bunch of stuff in it, I know they did trim down stuff way before they thought about putting it out because it wasn't needed for this film. And it, it still made it scary. And also the movie takes place majority in daylight or daytime. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like the formula for a horror film, I wouldn't describe the ring, and yet the ring scared me when I watched it. So sure. Yeah, the ratings never matter for that in terms of if it's R or PG. A very example is the, the girl we opened the film with, Amber Tamlin, her father, Russ, from like West Side Story, was also in the haunting. I mean he's still scary. Fifty years later. You know what I mean? And that doesn't have any of that. I just, stuff, I just so. don't the only thing that bothers me is if they actually will cut a lot of stuff that's pertinent to it being scary or to the movie. To, to try to sell an extra few tickets. Sure. And usually it, it makes it a bad movie. So, um, but yeah, for this, same way with Jaws, like should they have recut Jaws with making it gorier? It didn't need it. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for coming out. All right, let's rings. jump into this first one. Yeah. Uh, quick synopsis. I've, you know, I've got that this girl dies. Her little cousin kind of knew it was going to happen. Her little cousin was close to her. Um, they go to investigate why she died in these mysterious circumstances. They find out that her boyfriend has died too. Um, they look at these photos and people's faces are blurry in them. You guys want more detail or am I okay right no, now? No, <laughs> I was going to point out too that the opening um, in a lot of ways was the most exciting table setting since Scream. It was a great open with, with the cousin, Amber Tamblin, mm-hmm. and kind of discussing the lore where it's almost kind of urban legend like yeah. um, it's, it's a great open with that. And then a great vehicle for the film is the relative played by Naomi Rotts. Rachel is a journalist, an investigative journalist, which is great for the kind of the ghost story tropes and digging around in it. So showbiz, baby. yeah, she just, <laughs> it drives the film. And I think that's what makes it so engaging and why it's still a decent rewatch is because we travel through it with her digging around through this stuff versus it being more amateur or sloppy. Yeah. Um, she, she's the reason the film works. I, I think like with scream too, though, this wasn't uh, overdone at the time when it came out of that, when the movie opens, I thought that that was our lead character. Yeah. Right. Do we want to describe what, what the process is, what the curse is per se? Sure. Anybody? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> basically we've got a video floating around this isn't all spelled out for you at the beginning vhs tape yeah it's talked a little bit about um as an urban legend but the process is you watch a video uh with various and disturbing clips throughout it um and reportedly when the video finishes your phone will ring and they will tell you seven days and so basically and you know there's variations on this that would be used in something like it follows where you have to transfer it to the next person so you need to get somebody else to watch it within that period of time. Um, and so through her investigations, we've got things showing up um, that are indicators of somebody cursed by it, as you mentioned, with the faces blurred. And so we learned that um, the, her cousin that from the beginning of the film had been out on a like a party camping outing at a cabin. And that's where these kids were all affected. And so she goes out there. She actually figures out which cabin they were in while checking in. She sees a video up because he's got like a communal mm-hmm. section there in the office for visitors. If they want to take a video, which uh, there's some irony there. If people are coming out to a cabin in beautiful wilderness and your, your host has a stack of VHSs for you to stay inside and watch if you want. Uh, but nonetheless, she sees the blank one, takes it, watches it and has now implemented herself in the process. 
And so we uh, we dance around with a lot of twists and turns, as you'd expect. It reminds me very much of the Changeling, mm-hmm. um, not quite as somber by any stretch as right. the Changeling is, but there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. there. Um, not necessarily in the driving end result of why this happened to our ghost, right? Uh, but there's it's it just feels like it in a yeah, lot of yeah, ways, yeah. Um, especially because you end up in the Pacific Northwest like you do in the Changeling, and uh, so that girl that girl was never right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they keep just dropping weird hints like that. Yeah. They, they brought her home and just never, uh, something right about her. Yeah. We'd like to return her. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about the curse in general and the video? How, what was your experience like that the first time you watched it? Did you think this is kind of creepy? I, I, I like, uh, I like too, that, that they used it as a promotional tool as well, because, uh, especially like by the time DVD and stuff started coming out, like an, uh, a hidden Easter egg, was it would actually make you watch the video and you couldn't even stop. You had to watch the whole video. Um, and it, it wouldn't let you control your remote until, till it ended. Um, and plus if you watch, uh, the movie too, there's, there's a lot of rings throughout the, uh, I don't notice that at the beginning. So I don't notice it if it just starts after she watches it, but like, there's a lot of rings, like even a uh, weird little cuts of rings in the sky. And, mm-hmm. uh, Again, I, I think we've seen a lot of films at this point of urban legends. I think having the little Japanese twist, like this is kind of like their version of a urban legend. Um, VHS at the time was still pretty booming. Um, so I think it's uh, any anytime uh, as a movie lover, like demons, uh, anytime they mess with, you know, if you watch this movie, you're probably going to die type of thing. I, I think it kind of adds to it. Yeah, I like the twist of it as an urban legend in that respect because that's just, you know, as kids of the 80s, we grew up believing that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Just like we've talked about in other it, episodes. It is real, all of it. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> like there was some kid on your bus who had a cousin that lived out in Holes Apple and this happened to him. Well, and it also takes me back to, I don't know if anybody else uh, was young and fool enough back. Do you remember when there was the video online of the terrorists and they behead the American? Mm-hmm. And I, as a young man, watched that and ruined me for weeks afterwards. (laughs) But it was one of those things, you knew what you were about to see, but your curiosity had a hold of you. And by the end of watching it, you regretted it. And that's what this movie and the viewing of the tape reminds me of. I think that's... Uh, is that experience. It's, it's almost like now where... Uh, now because of some of the stuff that gets posted, like Facebook will have this... It's like blocked. Yeah. And you're actually yes. kind of like, do I want to unblock content. it? And a lot of times it's like an animal being harmed or something. Uh, but it's still like this weird curiosity where... Yep. Um, I know where the, the guy killed the news reporter. Yeah. My curiosity, I wanted to watch it. But then the other side of me is like, don't watch this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it kind of makes sense that... That even here in the legend, it's almost kind of like, well, we might die. It's forbidden days, fruit, you know. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat. It's all. It's all. It's a, a very human condition, and I think that's why it is so relatable. This is the only time that I will bring up the comparison. Uh, I did watch Ringu after I had watched this, which I'd never seen Ringu previously, um, and I will say, and that's the only of the Japanese movies that I watched in pre- preparation for this episode but i will say after watching ringu the ring has less of an impact on me of the impact that it had just because a lot of it is 
like a shot for shot mm-hmm. remake yeah. of a Japanese movie. They just changed the setting and the language. Yeah. And so that lessens a little bit of it, of its impact to me now having watched the original, but for, like for some before. reason, I think, uh, cause I remember when the grudge come out that Juwan was, was widely available. So I watched that before I watched the grudge. I, I still don't think I watched Ringu and I think it was kind of harder when, when, when the ring came out, I don't feel like it was as accessible, especially in our area, foreign movies, right? Stuff like that. Don't I go over Midwest monsters. If, if it's not a uh, Steven Seagal and Van Damme, it didn't, they right. didn't get right. a bunch of copies in the video store for good reason. Uh, okay, so the the experience for me with watching the video is the thing that stands out the most in the theater because it went silent. And uh, on top of that, I had recently started getting into Stanley Kubrick. You know, this this was a couple years after high school, and, and the DVD boom had really started to kick off around that time to where I was starting to collect movies more and more, more than just taping stuff off TV. Um, and so I'd really gotten interested in his and had learned about his uh, interest in subliminal messaging with shots and he did it in a number of his films uh stuff like 2001 and the shining has it and so it was just an, a, a curious thought that a director could kind of dictate almost uh, a motive for a film with that and so the concept was just freshly interesting to me so it was extra effective to be sitting in a theater with a crowded group staring at this bright screen of these odd scary images um, and so that was particularly effective for me. I remember, and and now when I watch it, it's not quite as sinister as it was then. Yeah. But you didn't know what was coming, and at the time, that was it had a dangerous feeling to it in a weird way. I don't know. That the video has since been ruined for me because of that episode of Holliston. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is a brilliant send up of it. But yeah, it's it's too Re- funny. rewatching it this time. Which I I do like that. Uh, every time I watch The Ring, I still highly enjoy it. It's not scary as it was the first time, but I do have to say that, like, especially the video stuff with the mom and her brushing her hair, I, I do start thinking of Scary Movie, where they uh, had their take on it. Yeah. Uh, which is probably, was that three that they did this yeah. stuff in? I have, Which was hot garbage, but the ring stuff was pretty funny and, mm-hmm. and Scary Movie. Yeah, that's the one where they blended uh, the ring and Eight Mile. <laughs> uh, I thought that the he's our son reveal was weak AF in this movie. I just yeah. did not care for that. Not only that, I saw it a mile away. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like that big of a reveal. Like I think they intended for it to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she starts trying to track down where this video could have come from. And she uses the lighthouse as a clue. And then she starts piecing things together about this story that the video kind of tells. She makes another copy of the tape. Yeah. And she makes all the kids at her son's birthday party watch it. <laughs> no, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, would have been a great idea. But uh, what about that scene with... Um, but that scene where she's taking the boat out. There's <laughs> that horse on the boat. Yeah. That horse death. <laughs> that is one of the notes. <laughs> That was brutal. Well, and I had the most confusing erection through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was wild. Uh, Yeah. So she goes, that's where this lighthouse is. Um, They found out there were like these problems out there with horses drowning and this trainer commits suicide and like all of these odd things were happening around this girl that was never quite right. Yeah. So she's on this ferry. Yeah. And there's just a horse. (laughs) 
losing its mind. It goes ape shit. <clears throat> Stomps all over these cars. Jumps off the That boat. part's fun. Yeah. Leaps off the side. The yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, and I then was it a leap as much chopped as, up by the propeller? I was gonna say, was it a leap as much as it just kind of stumbles over like, the me after ten drinks? <laughs> which then, uh, we, we, before it's chopped up, we have to watch it drown too. Mm. So good times. Yeah, that was that scene was tough to watch. Yeah, yeah. So this leads her out to the island, um, and in the video that people watch in this, there is a clip of the horse on the, the shoreline with the water washing up around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get out there, and without going beat for beat, because it jumps all around on leading it, we learn uh, that the woman we saw in this, uh, along with her surviving husband, uh, had adopted a little girl. Uh, the little girl's name is Samara, and she has a special power that we learned throughout this that she can basically imprint, uh, etch visualizations into people's brains and onto actual things. Um, and so she killed those horses. Um, and one thing leads to another with it not working out with the adoptive parents, uh, and the mom drowns her or suffocates her and then throws her down a well where she drowns. And how long did it take her down there at the bottom of the well to, to drown? Seven, six days, seven, seven days. days, seven days. Okay. So the video says seven so, days. so there was a, there's maybe a, a tie-in. <laughs> Maybe to the curse, perhaps. I just, I, again, I just thought a scary movie where it's somebody poops down the. <laughs> it's, it's a toilet. <laughs> Did anybody else during that scene on Ferry hear "Goodbye Horses" in there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's basically the genesis of, of where this is coming from, and the ring refers to the light up around the top of the well mm-hmm. uh, that she saw as she stayed down there and died. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. Would you say that bummer, she deserved man. it because she was a weird little kid? Oh, absolutely. I figured. So, so I, I feel like uh, too. I, I will say that that really got me. Uh, are, are we to the uh, toward the end yet? Yeah. Uh, I will say when I first watched it because it's. I think ghost stories like this, anyways, and I never really thought about it, but man, that the changeling does have a lot of similarities. But it's where almost like, man, a kid was done wrong and they were murdered, and it's like she's solving it, and then she releases her to go home to her son. To say, I did it. I released yeah. her. And he's like, you did what, bitch? And he's like, you shouldn't have done that. And then we find out that, yeah, it wasn't that they were mean to this little girl. The little girl was, like, evil. She's evil. Evil, I about halfway, you, evil. About halfway through the movie, I thought she might want to do that to her own son. Creepy little dude. <laughs> he was a creepy little shit. What yeah. From the opening when he's standing there doing his own tie. I'm well, kill the fact, this kid. Yeah, and the fact that he called his mom Rachel through the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, nuts. Oh, yeah. I love him in two, though. Let's take one step back really quickly and talk about uh, Brian Cox's suicide. I was just too. thinking that after oh, we yeah. bypassed it, I was like, that's pretty, like, yeah. That was kind of hardcore. For a, yeah, for a movie that doesn't have a lot of gore or violence, so I think, like I think between the horse death and this suicide, I think that yeah. I think that the suicide did get chopped up early on because when they decided that's not how they want to go with it. So, so he Vinny has his penis tucked right now. He's filling his bathtub up with water. He's got lots of electrical appliances around him, and he puts a metal horse bridle in, in his, his mouth, mouth. and sets it off. Oh man, just unreal! I'm like, I yeah, just don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Has to be more economical ways to go than that. Right? <laughs> he got the. Can you imagine what you cost overflowing. the county? <laughs> 
R-E-M-C. That's just what I want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we find out that Samara's evil. Yeah. Like, she's not they a good They do her person. ass up in the loft of the barn where we go discover her former room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, hey, little weird-ass kid, go go out there with them horses. That's probably... I like that you guys say that's, that's weird, where I was like, man, that's a sweet-ass room. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, don't we end with her helping her son? Well, she realizes the, as her boyfriend, our ex, ex-boyfriend boyfriend yeah. dies, baby that, dad. she got to talk about that. She doesn't die. He's watched the video. He dies. She should have died before him because of when she watched it. She didn't. Then she realizes the reason why she didn't die is not because she set the little girl free by finding her body, but because she had made a copy of the tape because the little girl just wanted to be heard. So she goes home and takes her son to the place where she had made the copy. She's like, hey, and little weird ass, push his yeah, button. <laughs> physically yeah. takes his hands to push it, push the buttons to make the copy because he had watched as well, and now neither one of them will die because which we, they've made copies which of You also have to show the tape, so that means that some they took it to somebody. Isn't it amazing that in 17 years, technology has changed so quickly? Well, yeah, what, what are our two pillars of the curse? Well, you've got a VHS tape. And then what happens? You get a phone call on your, on your home phone, <laughs> and every television is a tube TV. Yep. Losers. It's just funny how um, quickly things have changed. Yeah. I, there is a, a weird bookend of, um, I'm trying to think of the actor's name, pretty popular actor. Uh, he played like a... Um, John Stamos. No, but he played a murderer, uh, and he... Uh, was seeking out Rachel basically to say that he didn't do it, but he did do it. And that's uh, who they gave the the tape to. But I think they cut all like, again, early on, they're like, this isn't even necessary. Uh, I think just because if you think about it, they totally gave that tape to somebody to watch, to kill them. So it doesn't make our, uh, our heroes seem. uh... Well, but no, that's the catch though, because we find out that the legend is not, you have to make someone watch it. It's that you have to make a copy of it. Right. Yeah. That's the catch. Well, I think they have to watch that. Somebody has to watch the tape and then they have to make a copy. Yeah, I think it's both. Like, you yeah. need to spread So it. somebody yeah, still yeah, has yeah. to you watch it. But, but you don't have to make them watch it to get her to not kill you. Yeah. You as do. long as you've made a copy. As long as you've made a copy. No, I think later on they introduced that. Well, yeah, yeah it's the, not until we'll we'll Ring well, 2. Her, yeah. yes. her baby daddy watched her copy, though. If you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm thinking of the movie The Hole that I had. Which was oh no! I don't want to hear it. Stop there! <laughs> Stop there! So uh, legit film, but uh, similar. Just a little little twist. When you watch this movie in seven days, actually the phone rings and it goes, "You're gay." <laughs> <laughs> no, dead honest though, I, I could be confused, but then that isn't that what the I twist think is? that it's not until two that you find out that it's like you have to. Pass it on to somebody. So you have to make somebody else watch it in order for you not to have that curse on you. You also have to I write feel like that ten chain two. letters, or you will <laughs> die. So both the, by the end of the first movie, we find out it's, it's not the copy. As, it's making the copy. That I, I believe that curse. is correct. I think there's an insinuation though that somebody else needs to see it because the whole purpose of her leaving you the hell alone. How is about if you're we just fucking fight about story it? and misery, all of us? So yeah, yeah. but I, it can't be understated. I think we need to at least mention real quick. What made this movie pop was the scene with the ex-boyfriend. That was the shit that made people's jaws drop 
when this came out. I think I think it made it better too that they. It's uh, what people think of when they think of this. Well, because because right. when you like the opening scene, you don't see like even uh, her death. They only show a couple fast takes of what she looked like. Yeah, man. By the time it gets to the boyfriend and she comes out of the she, TV, we, yeah, that is an iconic. Right. So I want to mention that real quick with this is that we think we've put it to bed. Right. And that's why it's twice as effective. Yes. And so we have the footage pop up that we're used to seeing from the video mm-hmm. on the television, except now it's extending. Yeah. And now we've got Samara coming up out of the well and getting closer and eventually out of the TV, all bets are off. Yep. And it, the first time, especially, you know, I was younger in my early twenties. It was scary. Yeah. I mean, it caught everybody off guard because it played on the concepts that we're so used to with ghost stories of you put something to bed right. and then you've got the sweet ending. And this said, no, not at all. Yeah. Actually, we're not done. We're going to scare the shit out of you and we're going to be kind of nihilistic with it. Yeah. There is no happy ending. We're not relieving any ghost because she's a little bitch. She wants to keep inflicting misery on people, even in death. Yeah. And so I'm not particularly crazy about that. I, I kind of don't like that it's never ending, that her purpose isn't that she wants her story to be told. She wants to inflict misery on people like yeah. she did in life. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, but that, that scene, I, I at least wanted to go back to it because that was the big deal. Yeah. That That's what people talked about when this film came and, out. And wasn't there like a little line that she does say in, uh, uh, in the, where they videotaped her in an interview where mm-hmm. she just, she can't stop yep. hurting, hurting. Yeah. That's what Rachel is watching when, uh, Brian Cox comes up and catches her in the house watching the video before he juices himself. Totally different meaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on The Ring before moving on? No, still holds up. I'd say watch it if you're interested. Yeah, I'd watch it. I mean, I'm not crazy about it, but I think it's certainly worth a watch, especially if you're a diehard horror fan. It's, it's one of those benchmark films on a timeline. Well, and yeah. I think that it it was one one of, if not the horror film of the decade. Like it left its mark, I would say, more than any Certainly other. Certainly of that early part, yeah. without question. I think I think it uh I think it still holds up. Except again, it's it's not scary anymore, like it was. But it's still uh it's still at least a spooky uh movie, and it definitely is fun to watch with uh, somebody that hasn't seen it and they don't because it's kind of gotten quiet. Uh, even even with the third movie coming out, it's still not talked about as much. Uh, so you definitely get some of the younger kids that haven't seen it. So it's kind of fun, especially when it starts up and it's technology that at this, they're like, my grandma had, had that kind of stuff. Right. My grandma had a VCR. Yep. Good times. All right. Uh, help me real quick. Uh, I've been trying to flesh out like my thoughts on J horror period, because this is obviously fits into the whole thing. It seems like, because I'm trying not to defeat my own theory, but it seems like most of J horror and the hauntings and curses that happen in them are, are, are something about the ghost has an emotional attachment to something. Yeah. I mean, that's the ring. That's the grudge. That's it's an emotional attachment. They're, they're brutally re- They're they're It's almost like a revenge of the ghost. Well, for them, it's yeah. a <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But then I was like, but isn't that every ghost story? But I'm trying to convince myself that it's not every ghost. I, th- story. I think probably the biggest thing with J whore is like the look of the spirits and stuff like the hair over the face. Yeah. Uh, well, I think too with J Horror, it's much more about being spiteful and yes, and much I, that's, more. That's the point I think I'm trying to make. Yeah, and, and it's much more, uh, more than not children. Yeah. Uh, you don't have that as often 
in American well, and, Ghost Stories. It's and, a lot and, of adults in there too. Was yeah. the original Ringu? Wasn't it? Wasn't she uh, older? Was it? Vinny, was she a child or? Yeah, she was a child. Okay, I was thinking that she was older for some reason. Well, okay, well, rolling right into the Ring Two. The Ring TWO, uh, two thousand five. Uh, this time directed by the um, the original director of the Ringu uh, film series. Hideo Nakatu, uh, written by Aaron Kruger and uh, Naomi Watts and David Dorfman, uh, both return. Uh, this time with Simon Baker, Elizabeth Perkins, Gary Cole, Sissy Spacek, uh, Ryan Merriman, Emily Van Camp, and Kelly Stables, uh, I think did some stunt work in the original, and she plays uh, Samara this time around. Okay. Um. I'm going to be honest with you guys. The intro is a little hokey on this one. The intro. <laughs> Can I, uh, every, t- every time the intro starts, I always think that it's uh, bonus material before the film. And then I'm always reminded this, <laughs> yeah. this is the movie. It's not a Domino's ad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right. So back it up real quick. This is my first viewing. Um, I don't think it's a terrible movie, but I could have got done without it. Uh, this is my second viewing, and I do think it's a terrible movie. I hated it when it came out, and the revisiting it did not help. Uh, this is the first time that I've seen it, and I felt like it was a completely uninspired yes. sequel. Yes. Even more forgivable is the director who made the originals yes. over in Japan. Well, well he, and he got screwed in this movie uh, by, I, I think after this film, he refused to do another American picture. Yeah. Um, Understandable. I like and dislike this movie. Um, I think it's not bad, but when you compare it to the first film, uh, the only thing I'll say positive about that they could have easily just copied exactly what they did in the first film. And after really the beginning, which doesn't make sense because it doesn't go with the curse, uh, but it's a whole different plot with uh, instead of the videotapes not even used really other than the opening. Yep. Um, so this one's more about possession. And I will say, I, I kind of feel it's, it's like one of those campy, uh, like, I feel like another 10 years is going to be up there with Showgirls and like Mommy Dearest, where it's like a, a gay culture film where my favorite part is watching the little boy become extra feminine. Um, I don't, it's, it's almost kind of uh, funny and creepy at the same time to watch, but. Um, like when he puts on the robe and tucks his wiener and dances, <laughs> like it's, it's just a little Goodbye. over the top. <laughs> we had just got that ended. Thank you. <laughs> Gotta keep it going. Can you do that as a? Can you do that as Chris Walken? (laughs) (laughs) So, do you guys want my dollar store synopsis, or do you want? Oh no, I definitely. I would love for anyone but me to put energy into talking about this. (laughs) So we're uh, we're in a new town. you know, the mom works for a different newspaper. One of my notes is that she just goes wherever the hell she wants. Did you notice that? Like, she's just barging in buildings and <laughs> yeah. houses and stuff. She relocated. Like, her and the kid relocated, right? Yeah, that's yeah, it's what I said. Astoria. New town. I yes. Astoria yeah. in Oregon. Yeah. So, you know, and um, strange things start happening all over again, and they can't really put their finger on it. Um, or want to. Right. Uh the kid starts getting cold, right? Like his body temperature starts yeah. dropping. He's getting sick. Like these weird things are happening to him. It could also have been puberty, but <laughs> the mom <laughs> starts seeing new visions. Like, um, 
<laughs> like my dollar store synopsis. <laughs> she also recognizes from our our death at the opening that that seems very similar to the hell she went through back in Washington and Seattle. Yeah, and so she investigates, which what is what leads her back down this wormhole. Which then Samaritan's out of the body why. bag and is like, "Got you, bitch! <laughs> you can't get away from me." How bad were those CGI deer? Uh, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> I can remember when I watched this and those deer came up, and I went. What am I watching? Would you rather the see the monkeys in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? You can't make me make that choice. So uh, is that is that your <laughs> Sophie's choice? Yeah. yeah, it's just unbelievable because at this point, when, and that's fairly early in the film, that's when you know we're no longer dealing with an actual real sequel. Yeah, we're not tackling any of the same subject matter. We're very loosely because we still have the tape that we're talking about, but now we're cashing in on exhausted possession concepts with the boy getting possessed by her which the only thing i'll say to that is that we have praised in the past movies for being like well they could have just went and done the same thing over again but and in this, this case i wish they would that. have yeah. well you it, could have it, had it, another <laughs> investigative film go into a different angle of the story it's still such a new what concept we, though that they could have they could have done that. like have you the, ever seen a yawn interpreted into an hour and a half movie before? <laughs> yeah because that's the thing what made the first one a compelling watch was her investigating. You don't care about anything she's looking into because you already know and they don't add anything to it. No. I I am a person who appreciates the fact that they got two actors to return from the original movie. Yeah. Like I'm always appreciative of that when you can pull that off. Other than that, can, it can, just felt hollow. It felt uninspired. Like it felt just like Let's make some more money off yeah, the ring. It was really popular. Can we also can we also say something that they really sold this movie on? Because um, trying to think in my head, but I don't think Sissy Spacek had done horror since Carrie. Man, they sold the hell out of her being in it for the three minutes that she's in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a, and, and they work on backstory that I felt was because they didn't mention so who they, they didn't mention fuck? adoption yeah. in the first film, right? They so, did. They did. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, they it says they tried for years to yeah, have they it. Were, they they did, but then it's like it's like they exhausted the was it Samara character. So they go a different way to go. Let's dig into the mom, and like that's where you're. And it just for me, it just fucking fell okay. flat. I didn't care. <laughs> what, what, it wasn't it, it wasn't awe inspiring in any way. It hit like, the gas pedal way too much too, because the first one was so restrained and let your imagination do a lot of it. And we jump into this where we're pulling her into a monochromatic world for showdowns. It, it just it went way too fast in the other yeah. direction. If this was another film franchise, uh, so like uh, usually by the time we're seeing the killer's mom, it's the fifth film, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Yeah. So this is part two. And I'm okay with gradually <laughs> building up to more and more full, fun concepts to reward fans who just want more and more and more. But it yeah. just went way too i think i think everybody like again we say it all the time everybody says it all the time i think everybody went and lined up to see this film because they the ring was still such a different concept well it had blown everybody's mind it had so people were lining up to see basically the the, what they just saw in the ring what about when she pulls her into that monochromatic world (laughs) and the kid keeps changing the channel and they're like then they're in cartoons Uh, but, um, so she finds new evidence at the old house. She goes back to the old house where everything had begun and finds out that, uh, Samara's mother, Evelyn, uh, has been, was, was at this Catholic home for wayward moms. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes to visit Evelyn, and I don't really remember what came from that. Well, Evelyn had tried to drown her own baby out in the fountain. And when she gets there, the orderlies know that Evelyn's expecting someone. She's all, she, this has happened time and time again, where people come to seek her out. And she always psychically knows beforehand that somebody will be there. That's right. Yeah. And so this is where we now start to get this demonic aspect of Samara. Like this is the, the new lore. Right. And so, as you guys have been dropping hints, that Samara is now possessing Aiden. Yeah. Yank, yank. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever wanted to see an eye roll oh. translated into film for an hour and a half, this is it. And then, you know, as she's fighting Samara, she has to drown Samara to save Aiden. And yeah. at that point, she says, I'm not your fucking mommy. Yeah. At that point, Which, you know, you I can just say, went, You can say fuck yeah. one time to get that PG-13 rating, so good <laughs> use. Then at the end, we're left again wondering, well, was Samara really innocent, or was she evil? And then we find out she was definitely evil. Yeah, she's she a little bitch. Yeah. Good for Rachel for scaling up the well that the child couldn't. So, yeah. there's that. Good for Rachel at least telling that kid to quit calling her Rachel and calling her mom. Yeah. You will respect. <laughs> I did. I nuts. did like her recreating the Anna falling off the cliff. Mm. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, the way she popped up in the exact exact same spot to fall down and come back to reality. Yeah. I'll say I kind of liked. Uh, I I, I was uh, probably I to I me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna change my opinion right now. Spaghetti, uh, spaghetti. I do like uh, that Simon Baker's totally thrown in. I was like, oh, new love interest, and it's just like Simon Birch. He, my bad. He's like a. Uh, He's like, this bitch is abusing her kid. I'm going to turn her into CPS. Uh, I keep thinking about Simon Birch in this movie. <laughs> Could you imagine Simon Birch being Samara? Ooh, I'd pay to see it. It'd be a better movie. Yeah, yeah, damn right. This is a prequel to The Mentalist. Fun fact. Good, good times. <laughs> All right. Uh, final opinion. I This movie is not necessary. Like, if you watch The Ring and you enjoyed it, you're probably not going to enjoy this. <laughs> like, I don't know. Unless you uh, just got to have it. I'd rather bite bubbles in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never watch this again. No. Sure won't. I'll watch it ten more times. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> wait on Todd. Wait on Todd. Okay. Uh, moving on to the final installment. Rings. Todd, dates and details. Rings. Jumping all the way up to 2017. Directed by F. Javier Gutierrez. Yeah, so what is this? 12 years later? 12 yeah, years it's later. It's almost like the second one wasn't very good. <laughs> um, Somebody's like, hey, don't we own that property? <laughs> this one has uh, at least three different script writers, uh, which is probably another reason that it took 12 years yeah. to come out. Um, cast in... Uh, this is all new people at this point. Um, so uh, cast includes uh, Matilda Lutz as uh, our new uh, heroine, Julia. Uh, Alec Rowe, or Alex Rowe. Uh, Johnny Gadalecki. Am I saying it right? Just call him David. The little nerd dude. Uh, his name is Dr. Bazinga. His name is David from Roseanne. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, Amy Teagarden. And uh, Bonnie Morgan, who is uh, Samara. Okay. So, uh, uh, did am I the only person that saw this in the theater? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so in America, I so I'm just I assumed that it went to straight to video. Nope. Uh, so I will say what I didn't understand: it was set to come out Halloween, 
which I don't think anything came out really. You know, it's always been Saul or whatever. They probably could have cleaned up just because it was Halloween season and it's it's a third ring movie. Um, they pushed it back again, which is probably another reason. They did not push uh, Vincent D'Onofrio or Johnny Gadalecki being in this film at all, which could at least made some money off that one. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember seeing it opening weekend and really enjoying this movie. And then last uh, couple nights ago was the second time I watched it since it came out. And I didn't feel, I, I think I was geeking out because there was a, just a new Rings movie. Uh, rewatching it and uh, first time watching them in order, like watching Ring and then Ring 2 and then the third one. Um, man, I felt like this was 10 movies in one. Even the opening has three different bonkers, like they're not even related, like they're not even the same tone of film. With them pushing it back, I don't know if maybe I feel like that airplane scene, which was kind of cool, but mm-hmm. I was like, was that the original ending, or do we add all that in? Like, what the hell did that come from? Were they working on a crossover with Final Destination? Um, that is what it felt like. <laughs> like they're like, oh, this was popular, so let's throw a flavor of that in. Like, I, I, I did. There's a lot of really cool imagery in this film, and it's, it's not bad. It's way better than Part Two. Um, but I feel like again, it's like. Man, there's all the stuff that you did in the first movie. That's what people want to see. I did like how they tried to tie it in uh, to update it, but yet they didn't update it because couldn't you just throw this on YouTube and you're done? That was kind of my thing. I, I was like, is this – so Todd should be the authority on this. Was it a reboot? Was it a sequel? Was it – I think at this point they always – it's it's yes to all of those. Okay. Uh, my first time viewing. Uh, I've only seen it once. Watched it for the show. And Wait a minute. First time viewing, but I borrowed a Blu-ray off of you. Oh, yeah. Carrie, I think Carrie saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Carrie saw it in the theater. I was she, confused. She liked it. I think I picked it up at a pawn shop for two bucks. And uh, No, I I thought it was okay. Like, I, after being so let down by two, I thought, it can't go wrong, you know? So, I was entertained by it. I don't think it's a great movie, but it's the second best Ring movie. <laughs> <laughs> There are no deers in this, uh, so by default, this is the second best ring movie. Is, is that quote on the box? I think it is. The second best ring movie. Um, this was my first viewing. I was a little weary with so much time in between on, on how this would go over. Um, I, my, just my quick thought on it, it's forgettable, but it, it was better than the second one. Yeah. It wasn't a... Uh, like a painful watch. Yeah. There were parts of it I enjoyed, although I do like my opening note I'd like to read to you guys on here. Uh, opening in flight, headed for Seattle. Samara on airplane screens. Good God. That was my opening thought of what I was watching. So I thought, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? Um, but they went at least with some inspired directions of trying to at least service a narrative and add to the, the storyline of Samara. So, I mean, it could have been a lot lazier. So for what it was, I enjoyed it. Okay. I think I echo those sentiments. Uh, First time viewing for me, the bar was not set high in my mind for this movie, especially coming off of two, certainly better than two, uh, decent updating of the story. But like Todd said, why did they just put it on YouTube? Um, I think you could have gone a different direction with viral video and all that kind of thing. All in all, is okay. Um, I'm not gonna watch out, go walk out, and say to people, "Man, have you seen Rings? Have you seen Rings? You need to go check that out." <laughs> like that's not going to happen. But 
this is awkward. It's time for me to show you guys my new tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's around my ass. I've seen movies that <laughs> I've seen the third movie in the series be a lot worse in a lot of different instances. And this isn't bad as far as that goes. That's not a glowing review, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah. I feel, I feel like if they could have picked a, I really, I, I almost, I was trying to look it up and see, cause it really feels like it got shelved just so they could add or take out a bunch of stuff. Cause it feels like it's several movies. Cause there's a lot of, um, as much as I think the teacher thing got kind of lame, um, there's still a lot of stuff with the uh, Johnny Gadalecki's character that was kind of cool with it. And then it's just like uh, going back and then it's I, re- I rewatched the ending again just because I thought I missed something. Because how the fuck did he get her body when they had her body somewhere That's why else? I wondered if it was a, a reboot or what because that part didn't make sense. The real question everybody wants to know, Todd, is would you mind a sequel? Oh yeah, <laughs> the tattoo um, is around my asshole. <laughs> so I'm actually waiting Ring for. The, I'm waiting for the sequel to the hole, which is cock rings. Uh, where's that sequel? But Todd, uh, Todd, how many more ring movies is it going to take to properly wrap up? The at least six. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, I will say this is rare for me to say for for rings because it was okay. I think if they would have just decided, let's just reboot this thing. And do the same idea what the first movie was, but maybe uh, you got a viral video on your computer, and that's how this thing starts. Um, it this one's a little lost in direction, and I think that's the only thing that I think if they would have tweaked it, this would have been a great movie. Where it's just meh. Like I like the idea of this weird club that's trying to harness the the power behind the video, or like trying to figure out the that's, science. That's, behind that's it. any gay bar. So, <laughs> I, I don't think I get the. Oh, okay. There's the reference. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, so I like that idea. I think that was a, a a fun take. I mean, it definitely takes it into the direction of popcorn territory. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, which is why they got Doctor Bazinga. Yes, Doctor <laughs> Bazinga from the Bazinga Show. I, uh, I I did like when he first watched the video that it rains. Uh, it's raining upward. Again, I think there's some cool imagery in this one, and the mm-hmm. flat TV screen when she comes out of that—that that cool. was a great scene. Yeah, so I did. I really they played that. a lot with like updating stuff, but then the story was very weak. Yeah, here right. I'm just gonna throw this out here real quick before we go through the beats of this movie. This is a simple concept that could have made this a much more successful and fun watch. They over they overthought it. it if we're treating Samara like she was possessed and demonic, <laughs> have her go into a new child story. Create a whole new narrative for us right. to go investigate, right. and you got me. Yeah, I know where we're going with this. I'm not interested once I realize we're doing the same thing again. Now, but there's you, no way that we you could have ever assumed that the blind former priest <laughs> had molested Samara's mom when she was at the Catholic school for wayward girls. That, that no one, none of you. Was could I have the seen only that one that going. got twisted with that? <laughs> uh, by the way, this we've pretty much gone beat for beat for the movie, right? That's I mean, true. like. So there's this club, this cult. They're doing this experiment, trying to figure it out. They almost, they almost. I feel like because they're like 2017, they're like, "What's hot?" They're like, "Meth and crack." So let's make the ring like meth and crack. So all these people are addicted. The thing is, as you explain what you're about (laughs) to explain on the plot, this movie is going to sound way worse than it is to watch it. (laughs) The video actually starts evolving. Um, So, but also too, like they're kind of looking out for each other, like. All right, now you've watched it. You've gone this many days. What has happened? What's your experience been? Okay, we've found another prospect, another 
person to bring into the club. You're going to be fine. We'll get them to watch it, record. I think that would have been a cool twist of what you just said. And then she's just like, well, fuck all of you. And I'm just going to kill all of you now. Yeah. So they, they, they start investigating more. They find Samara's grave. It's been moved. Uh, there's this blind priest who's the caretaker of the property. Which the grave again confuses me. Am yeah. I the only one there? Also, I feel like this is where you really get into the, like this is like what's that STD movie we watched a while back? It follows. It follows where that's not, an STD. <laughs> that, that's not an STD movie. Are you talking ahead. about Friends? I, I like it is, but you want to deny it. So it's a dream movie. I like that. That's that. That's kind of where you get into that with this movie, where you have to show it to somebody else in order to lift the curse from you. Correct? That wasn't in the previous two. Really. Well, that's what we just argued about earlier. So right, right. But I feel like this is the one where that really took precedence. Yeah. You know, like that STD movie. <laughs> it's a dream movie, but no, the STD one. I know. <laughs> so, um, do you know where I would have ended this film? Though I would have done it like that. You're in a Walmart. And it, she comes on all the screens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would just sink America. So the airplane should have like, that seems lame. I would have done it in a Walmart. Yeah, or they recognize like something's getting ready to go wrong. Let's land this plane and cheat death. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, uh, maybe we don't know it, but like in Japan, you know, they combine the grudge with with the ring. Maybe we're a film away from Final Destination versus the ring. So then the blind priest's dad, <laughs> it then becomes like they, they figure out that he's the one who fathered her. Do you know what? Well, you know, who thought that Vincent not, did not would be a sinister I was, character? I was going right. to say, too, you got two name stars in this movie, and you got one that's like the weird professor. Maybe the twist could have been not making him the dad, because <laughs> I, I was like, all right, well, clearly he's, uh, he's in this. So then it turns into a ripoff of Don't Breathe, where the blind <laughs> guy is hunting down the people in his house. <laughs> Anyways, Samara's back. She's still evil. Roll credits. STD movie. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. You guys better say something about this damn movie or I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm glad they call it called it Rings. Okay. That was cool. <laughs> So now you can do a ring three <laughs> if you pay attention. So, all right. So in conclusion, if you like ring one and you want some more, skip ring two and watch rings. It's at least I am some fun. I'm ra- try to be drunk or high when you watch it. Though. I'm waiting for ring one. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, wrapping up the ring trilogy franchise, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we are the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Adner, joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Benny, Hot Toddy. Stay scary. Watch the whole seven days. STD. Movie.